Hi, welcome back to Mindful with Kathy Yeager. You know, everybody wants a clean slate, don't they? They always want to start the year off with that great big do-over. Going to do things differently this time. But you know, when we assume we're going to do things differently, it really means that we need to having different thoughts. You know, I was inspired by a book that I received from one of my former ministers way back that I love so dearly. So I thought it would be a great conversation to help sort of usher in a brand new year with new thoughts, new ideas, and kickstart that really great big do-over that hopefully we'll do it differently this time. Your thoughts determine your life. It's a conversation with Father Jeremy I cannot wait to share with you. It's coming up next on Mindful with Kathy Yeager. I'm glad you're here. Hello. Hi, this is Father Jeremy. Let me introduce you to everyone um, and give you a second to get logged in on our video portion of this podcast for those who are watching online as well. Um, for those who are listening on the uh, Mindful Podcast, this is Higher Monk Jeremy Sean Davis. He is the pastor at Holy Ascension Antiochian Orthodox Church in Norman, and also somebody that has been a very, very strong uh, influence and guide in my life and my family's life too. (laughs) (laughs) What I thought is, you know, at the beginning of the year, a lot of folks like to make new year's resolutions. And before we get started, we need a prayer. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do a prayer. Oh, heavenly King comforter, the spirit of true word present and fullest all things, the treasury of blessings and the giver of life come and abide in us and cleanse Mm -hmm. us from every stain and save our souls. Oh, good one. It's easy to get caught up in your circumstance. And a lot of times we make this New Year's resolution saying, okay, 2020 was rough for a lot of us, you know, but every year can be for whatever reason. We've got pandemic. We've got obviously political unrest. This year is even starting off on a very strange foot. So instead of saying, okay, I want to lose weight. I want a better year. I want to start a new job. I want all these things. Maybe it's just simply, I want to change my thinking and Years ago, I don't know if you recall, you were the one who introduced a book to me. And for those who are watching, if you're on the podcast, by the way, welcome again. Um, I'm going to reintroduce Father Jeremy, uh, higher monk Jeremy Davis, who is the uh, priest at Holy Ascension Antiochian Orthodox Church in Norman and is an absolute uh, gift to me because you are somebody who has been, I mean, you probably are annoyed with me because I call you every time there's something. And (laughs) it's because you always know Really, instead of just being a great friend to talk to, you really know how to suggest, listen, this is where we go to. We're built for this. This is how our mind works. This is what God created us for. So it makes sense. And this book years ago is one you suggested. You said, our thoughts determine our lives. You remember this book you suggested from Elder Thaddeus? Thaddeus. Now, when you first suggested the book, I remember thinking, okay, now I am not a scholar by any means. I'm somebody who wants to do my best every day. And yet at the same time, am I going to be able to relate to uh, a Serbian elder from generations before me? I have read this book at repeated times throughout the years, and it always speaks to me. And it kind of even in a generation of like the most unusual things that are so unexpected speaks to me and it comes to my mind on constantly. So I thought this would be the perfect time to talk about 
things from this book and just the whole idea of our thoughts determine our lives. And I knew you had to be the person I talk with. Um, when we get ourselves caught up in just the, the constant chaos of not what's around us, but what's in here, mm-hmm. in our mind, what's the quickest, and maybe it's not that we need to do it quickly, but the safest way to get out of that routine? Well, uh, one of the first things is to try to escape, like you said, the, the tumult of our thoughts, to step back, really. And um, even outside of Christianity, people you know, talk about this today, about it's called mindfulness or you know, meditation, uh, et cetera, but we're just as mindfulness awareness. So just stopping and realizing that I am not my thoughts, that, um, you know, I'm standing here, I'm uh, a living, breathing person in the presence of God, and that I can make choices in this moment. I'm not bound by the thoughts that are racing through my mind uncontrollably. And then once we do that, then to kind of listen to our thoughts and realize, okay, what are these thoughts that are running through our minds? And then to compare them to reality in the light of God, you know, are these thoughts good? Are they helpful? You know, are they reasonable? Um, And we can kind of gain power over our thoughts that way. I think what I feel sometimes in those moments is overwhelmed, mm-hmm. you know, like, because it's like, I get caught up in that thought or in that chaos. And I think that's what's happening and I can't get out of it. And, um, I think for me, the Jesus prayer, I, is my, is my, <laughs> my go-to even the, the Lord have mercy, um, yeah. Sometimes I wonder if I'm offensive because it comes out as Lord have mercy, you know, <laughs> like, sorry, God, <laughs> I hope that was okay. But, you know, we do, we get absolutely not, if, if you don't mind sharing it a little bit again, um, I don't want anyone to miss what you said, because I feel like that was so structurally like perfect. Cause I am, I'm a, I'm so guilty of getting again, caught up in that uh, chaos. Yeah. So, uh, so when we do, are just like when we are in that crowd of thoughts, that overwhelming crowd of thoughts, it's important to escape from the tyranny of our thoughts. And so what I was mentioning before was, um, you know, just stopping, first of all, stopping even before we pray, you know, stopping and realizing that we are not our thoughts, that those spontaneous thoughts that just running through our minds, all of that mess, that junk, that, um, the kind of our baggage uh, from years past. It's just rattling around in our heads to just stop and realize that that doesn't have to control me, you know, to take some deep breaths and then to center our hearts on God and to take control of our thoughts. You know, take every thought captive to Christ is what St. Paul s- says. And what you are describing is in orthodoxy, the tried and true method of of doing that, um, of repeating a simple prayer carefully and slowly and trying not to, trying not to look, not, not to focus on anything else, but just that prayer, 
just focusing all our prayer on that and those thoughts for a little while they continue to keep rattling around but the more we focus on the prayer and just breathe quietly then uh, the thoughts subside and we kind of get control again i read somewhere um and it probably like on a facebook post knowing me that's about as deep sometimes as it gets but um it was like a lot of times some of our our our, our spiritual uh you know monks and those who have been a part they keep a prayer rope just to keep that prayer close because they don't want to ever be caught in a moment without being quickly drawn mm -hmm. back to the mm -hmm. faith because even somebody who's close to the faith who is daily that's their life is susceptible and that a gives me comfort but also makes me feel very like well dang <laughs> What am I supposed to do? It's not just, <laughs> yeah, I'm really in trouble. You know, well, it scares me though, because I see so many people because of this time of, of isolation, COVID, and we're all trying to be so careful, but we're all trying to stay in so much more. Um, you know, we're, we're really becoming more, I think depressed. I, I think it, because we are spending more time watching the thing that is our, you know, a brainwasher. Our key brainwasher is for, you know, depending on what age you are. For me, I spend too much time with the news and I'm like, is this really our world? I, I'm surprised by that. Or social networks or comparing ourselves to others. If you're in a generation where you're looking at, you know, TikTok and going, oh my gosh, is that really what it's like? You know, I feel so FOMO. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I don't have that life that so-and-so does or, you know, and so I feel that we're getting into an age of uh, depression and anxiety and, um, and our thoughts are, determining our lives, but probably not in a positive way. And there'll be something else coming from that. Probably we'll, we'll see. Yeah, Elder Thaddeus, uh, the point that he makes is that whether we realize it or not, whether we're being intentional about it or not, our thoughts do um, control our lives. And they determine not only what happens with us, but they determine our relationships with other people. So he makes this point, which is, really a little bit startling. It sounds a little bit magical, but when we think about it, it's true. He says that even if we don't verbalize our thoughts, the thoughts we have in our heads about other people or even about the situation we're in, people pick up on that and it affects them and it may bring them sadness or may bring them anger or it may, you know, disrupt our relationships, even if we're not expressing it. So um, our thoughts are so powerful. And, and like you said, most of the time, we're not even aware of our thoughts. We just let our thoughts run, run off like wild horses, but they're leading us somewhere. Um, and if we want, you know, if we want to have some say in where that's going and, and want it to be in a positive direction, then we have to, uh, have to engage in reining them in. There was an eye opener for me as a parent. We have a tendency to think about our kids often, even, you know, worry. I mean, I hate to say the words worry because you don't want to be that mom. But, you know, there was a scene in the book or a scene, but where a, a, a parent's <laughs> don't go out in the street telling their child you'll get hit by a car. And Elvis is <laughs> like, you don't want to you don't want to think that. Trust me. And what happened? <laughs> And that has 
scarred me (laughs) because I do that. And I say to my kids and I usually catch myself saying in the heat of, listen, you need to be very mindful of that because what you're going to end up causing is blah, 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 A, B, and C. And then I'll stop and say to myself, I don't want to create that for them because what seed am I planting? What am I doing? What am I even saying in to the spiritual realm? And I don't know how much of that is accurate. You know, I think that that example he gives is meant to draw attention to the problem, but it's not necessarily that your worry is going to, I mean, worrying about a child getting hit by a car is going to make them be, be hit by a car, but they're going to suffer as a result of your worries. Right. And in, in ways that we can't even predict, um, and what the example you're giving reminds me of is uh, something written by another Greek, actually Greek elder, uh, St. Porphyrios of Kafsokolovkia. Um, oh. One of the things mm-hmm. he says is, you know, that if you are worried about, he, he, t- he specifically speaks to mothers. He says, if you're worried about your children, sometimes the best thing is not to go and like talk to them about it and just, you know, harass them and just beat them over the head with it. (laughs) He said, go to the icon and talk to Christ about it, about what and tell him what you want to tell your children. That is very uh, empowering. Even if there was, I remember in the book um, Wounded by Love, uh, St. Perfurious talked about, you know, the Holy Theotokos, even the the Virgin Mary for those watching, uh, just really, you know, uh, sort of entreating her prayers for us uh, it, for, on, 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 on our behalf for our children. And I've never stopped. Mm-hmm. That has been something powerful in my mm-hmm. weakness for her to be strong, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that you mentioned that the whole idea of your thoughts affecting other people though, can also be on the other hand, like you're at work and you've got that coworker that just annoys you or in marriage or those different people. There was another thing that happened in the book where somebody, uh, their daughter-in-law just drove them crazy. And she just resented to to the point of resenting her daughter-in-law and uh, it was amazing that, you know, obviously we're always, you know, if there's, you have an enemy, you, you know, we're always encouraged to pray for your enemies, but this was different. This was your, what you think about your enemy, what you, your thoughts about your enemy. And I have, as a psychology major, I've thought about that again and again and again, like what does that do? And it, and it literally is the most transformative thing that, you know, you can do because you're aligning yourself with Christ again. And when you turn to him and cause your thoughts change, um, you're a different person. Mm-hmm. So did you actually change that person or did you change you? And that person somehow is different because of you. I, I have no idea what is different, but it is, uh, it's amazing that, uh, you know, people always want to be inspired and people want to know, you know, how to go into a situation and um, have control of the situation. And, you know, but it's, it's amazing the power you have in your own mind. And I think that's what, that's what so uh, people have so much to harness, even in their own anxiety and, 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 and I guess day-to-day troubles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
they say violence begets violence and anger begets anger and envy. All these negative feelings they beget, that's kind of a similar response from the other person. And that's that downward spiral that just um, makes a bad situation worse. It exacerbates the conflict. Um, but always what's necessary in order to set things right and sort of chart a course out of that downward spir spiral is for someone to change and to intentionally insert like a positive, um, insert love into the situation. You know, that selfless, um, unconditional love. Uh, so Amy is commenting. Let me just take a second, see if that kicks back in and I will read this comment. Amy says, what God wants for you or them is more important than what, you know, your negative emotions create. And in the end, citizenship in heaven is what matters. Thank you, Amy, for your comment. Obviously, you know, we all want, you know, to know that what we're doing is, you know, more important. It is uh, to build into the kingdom of heaven. Um, but it's pretty, it's pretty tough sometimes, especially now, like even what we're teaching our kids, you remember we used to say what right from wrong. There's not a lot of what we're teaching our kids today, matching up with what's right in society today. Um, some of the things that, you know, I will teach them doesn't even align with what they're being taught at school. And it's very confusing. So we have sort of a, a, a very conflicting time um, and they question what's right, even though we say God doesn't change, but you don't want them to sort of question their elders and maybe, you know, somebody at school has a very different opinion. <laughs> and then he's so ah, it's a, it's a tough thing, but you know, divine grace, love, humility, these things are the same. Mm -hmm. So that's what I, I was asking you. If you explain divine grace. Oh, wow. Explain divine grace. In the Orthodox Church, our theologians often say that divine grace is the Holy Spirit. So explain the Holy Spirit for me. <laughs> Impossible. No, but divine. Mis but, but, mystical. Yeah, it's, it's mystical, but really on a basic level, grace means favor. It means um, God's care for us, um, which is not conditioned on anything we do, but because God is unchangeable love that love that grace just pours out towards us and you know that's why we were created because i mean and it's it's uh it's really hard to comprehend from the point of view of human philosophy but in the church we say that god created us because he loved us which means that he loved us before we existed and that's the only reason why he created us because he loved us enough that he wanted us to exist. And so, and he continues to love us and continues to pour out that love and that favor and that care. But the, what keeps us from experiencing that is sin, not because God changes and says, well, you sinned, I'm not going to give you my grace anymore. But because sin is us putting up a hand and saying, no, I don't want that grace. You know, I'm not willing to receive it. Either that or us turning away from God and saying, well, you don't exist to give me that grace or you don't want to give me that grace or I can find my own grace or, you know, what have you. Mm. And when we do that, we keep ourselves from experiencing that grace. 
this is a strange time where people are told, you know, God is love and you're allowed to, you know, explore and do these things and this is okay and what feels good and what is okay for you and love yourself and God loves you. So what I think is getting blurred because we don't want to judge and we want, we don't want to say where God isn't and we don't want to tell someone else that's not okay because that's not for us to say, right? But it's very difficult to understand and how to, you know, sort of know the best way to encourage if someone is broken and hurting, if they are struggling to say, um, you know, will God accept me or why, why am I feeling these voids? Why am I so hurt? Why am I so empty? Why doesn't God love me? Why is God allowing this to happen? when they're doing precisely what God suggests, you know, what we you know, early understand not to do because today says he loves you, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. So this is where the conflict is. And, and I personally doesn't really, I I'm struggling with that because it's all the way around, you know, us. Yeah. I mean, the difference is that, um, that, that kind of theology that, um starts with you know a human idea of love um sort of presents god as an imaginary friend who's willing to approve whatever you're doing and has nothing to say about what you're doing but you know in in traditional christianity god is a real person who existed eternally before we existed and he created us and he knows like he created us. So he wrote the instruction manual on human life. He knows how our lives need to function in order to um, be beneficial, in order to be joyful, in order to be peaceful. And that's kind of our basic premise is that we don't, sort of put words into God's mouth, we listen to the words that have come from God's mouth. And, mm-hmm. and then if, if the way that we feel or the way that we think isn't, or is somehow dissonant with, with what we, with what we hear, then it's we who have to change. It's not God who has to change. It's we who have to change. And that's called repentance. Mm-hmm. If someone's struggling a little bit during this period and they really just, they just need a gut check, they need a, some, what, 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 what's my first step? What can I do? I mean, you know, we've obviously we talked about maybe something to think, maybe not to get caught in that trap of the spiral of mm-hmm. those thoughts, the mire of the thoughts to drag you down. And for the Orthodox, we love the Jesus prayer. And I absolutely happy to share that anybody that wants to, you know, uh, know what that is. Um, but, you know, is there, is there another place to, to go, to, to talk to, you know, is there another um, something to read or, you know, another suggestion uh, just to kind of get a grasp on uh, a different reality? Because I think you can get to the point where you forget what, like what direction to go, you know? Well, I mean, just in, so many different ways we have to take control of um 
of the inputs. And what by that I mean, you know, what what are we watching? What are we reading? What are we um, what people are we spending time with? You know, take control of that and to direct all of that towards God. I stayed up till 5 a.m. watching Bridgerton and my husband was like, you waited till everybody fell asleep because there I heard and read what kind of scenes were in that show. And I was like, holy mackerel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh man. <laughs> so I know, but that's it. That's the funny thing. I mean, the one thing I've always said is everything in moderation because anything can unbalance you really quickly. And, you know, um, Amy's asking, what is the Jesus prayer? What is it that, you know, you know, for me, I think when you say fully, Oh Lord, Jesus Christ, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It brings me to a place of humility. I look at God. I am drawn back to him. I cause me to just open my mind back to, I am at his feet. I am, you know, reminded of my childlike, you know, who I am and he is my father and, and it's all encompassing. That is my perfect go-to prayer because it's, it's, it's in my heart. It's in my mind. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm one of those thinkers. It automatically just flows out of my head. And I've read from the, some of the saints that is, that is their prayer too. I've also read where in, in a time of desperacy, some people plead it almost like pray it as if you were calling out to him. Um, and uh, father John at St. Elijah says that he just, he says, Lord have mercy, but he says it with his, uh, his accent, Lord <laughs> have mercy. <laughs> you know? So, you know, um, so it's, it's different for uh, different people, but for me, you know, that is, that is the Jesus prayer. It is, it is truly, um, and some connection. people shorten it so far as to just say the name of Jesus, just to sit quietly, mm. breathe slowly and say, Jesus. Jesus. You've mentioned the breathing. You've mentioned the breathing. So there's a there's something to breathing mm -hmm. him in, isn't mm -hmm. there? And slow and part mm -hmm. of that is slowing it down yeah. and getting focused and focusing on him. That's the difference between, you know, I mean there like I said before there's um in in our secular culture there, there's talk about meditation and mindfulness and in other religions there is, but what makes it specifically Christian is that we are focusing on Jesus. We use that silence and that mindfulness to fill our hearts with Christ, to fill our attention with Christ. Absolutely. Wow. You know, I think this is a wonderful place to just leave it so that we can think on that. Um, if there's a time, I know that God, it's just so hard on a, on a special little quick podcast, but if there was ever a time, and I think, I think after COVID and, and for so many of us, we've had loss. Maybe if there's a time we could ever talk about um, it just death and dying. And it was such a comfort, your class that I took at St. Elijah years ago. And now that I've had so much loss, I, yeah. you know, um, I think and so many people have, it's just such an interesting thing to know in our understanding, you know, what, 
in a granted, I am an Orthodox Christian. I understand it in the way that, that we are taught, but I think it's such a comforting way to know that where we're taught. I'd love to share that on, on, you know, at least if there's podcast version at some point, maybe it takes more than one. Uh, but if you'd ever consider yes, joining certainly. me again, um, maybe, maybe, maybe by then there'll be a technical ease well, in I'll which be, I'll be very well by <laughs> probably not. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I won't, but okay. <laughs> One of us will be <laughs> father, Jeremy, it's a privilege. And honestly, if you want to find, can they follow you on Facebook? If somebody here at, or on podcast would like oh, to, to follow you I, or, or find a way to, to visit you at church or maybe get to know yeah, the Orthodox I, faith. If somebody's interested they could, in, uh, they could, check us out at our website which is normanorthodox.church because we're in norman oklahoma and we're the only orthodox church in norman oklahoma father thank you so much for this time and for joining us and for everyone who got to uh, be a part of this too and again find father at say the norman website again orthodox.church excellent thank you again right. father god bless, god bless you and you. Happy, happy new year, year. You take care too. take care bye-bye okay. thank you so much for listening mindful with kathy yeager hey encouraging you to check out the work of home integration the national institute on developmental delays who right now is working to rebuild one of their many programs that serves the special needs community. Camp Benedictine is one of the largest and longest running camps serving special needs children and adults both locally and globally with their teleeducation platform. Now consider making your tax deductible donation right now. They really need you. That's NIDD.US. Do it today. NIDD.US. Thanks. Hi, I'm Brad Henry, and I had the honor of serving as Oklahoma's 26th governor. I've always been proud to represent this great state, and I've met some amazing people along the way. I'd like to tell you about one one extraordinary man and his even more extraordinary mission. His name is Paul Zoller, the Reverend Paul Zoller. And I've known him for more than 30 years. Back in 1989, when my daughter was suffering from a rare neuromuscular disease, Father Paul was already pioneering a revolutionary new child development program. And he took our family under his wing. Father Paul and his team were a godsend to me and my wife, Kim. And they continue to be a godsend for families, not just in Oklahoma, but around the world. Today, Father Paul is internationally renowned in the field of disabilities, and his National Institute on Developmental Delays, now known as Home Integration Inc., has an ambitious vision of touching many more lives. I felt like somebody needs to dedicate their whole life to helping children, adults with developmental delays. I always saw things like, you know, why can't they do things that everyone else does? It all starts with love. Love can turn helplessness into hope. It can turn strangers into friends. Tears into laughter. Love can turn bad days into days you'll cherish forever. Found
founded on the premise of introducing children with disabilities to experience-oriented activities. Home Integration Inc.'s love-based approach has been changing lives since 1976. More than 40,000 to date. Programs are focused on an activity-based therapy that enables children and adults with developmental delays to reach their maximum potential. It's more than just a program, it's sort of like a community. The most amazing thing that my child has ever experienced. And the most amazing thing that I've experienced. When we first started, I didn't think I was ever gonna get any help. I am so happy we found you guys. He just absolutely loves it. Day one, day one when I brought him, he came home a different child. The results are amazing. I have seen miracles. For more than four decades, home integration has been serving those who need our support the most. Now, they need your help. Home integration has a vision of building a facility that can accommodate all of their existing programs. A child development center, a family retreat and training center, a pool house, an indoor riding arena and stables, cabins, a children's museum, and office space for staff. It's a big dream, but Home Integration believes in big hearts. They've been quietly serving the community for years, and now they're relying on community to further their mission. Like everything Home Integration does, they're leading with love and believing in love. A lot of people say, Gee, Father Paul, you know, you're not getting any pay or anything out of this. You know, how, how can you do this? Well, one of my um, uh, students who became an occupational therapist, she heard me say one day, my day is complete. I heard a child laugh. Father Paul, he's a brilliant man. The program is brilliant. It's just a great resource. So it's been great for the whole family. Just knowing that I have that support is really, really comforting to me as a mom because it makes my child a more amazing person. Home Integration Inc. has already made a difference in the lives of so many people. With your assistance, even more families like mine will continue to receive much needed support, help, and hope. Please consider sharing the love for future generations by furthering Father Paul's vision and offering your tax-deductible gift today. Log on to NIDD.us now to help Home Integration start this project with the rebuilding of Camp Benedictine, one of Oklahoma's oldest and most comprehensive camps serving individuals with special needs. Please give your tax-deductible donation now.